0: hello and welcome to the film angle i'm alex and i'm chris and today we are catching up on some of the films that we've been watching over the last few weeks as i was away uh, in a previous week i haven't caught up with as much as chris so this is going to be a very chris-centric episode so if you're only here for me and not chris turn off the podcast now okay so now we are down to one listener because they all probably prefer you <laughs> <laughs> that's my mum and dad, and my brother, and my fiancé, all signing off. That's a, that's a whole audience gone. <laughs> wow, I think that's a bigger comp than I've got anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah got, i've got i got loads of movies to talk about um obviously been catching up on some of uh big 2022 movies some that's uh some recent cinema releases have just came out so yeah pretty excited to jump in and talk about some different things and uh hopefully you have a uh, couple of little films to share as well that you caught up with uh during your spare time i
0: definitely did i definitely did i uh i took one for the team uh i've teased it out on instagram and oh. uh well, let's just say it's a it's a Jared Leto masterpiece.
1: Oh dear, you really did take one for the team then.
0: <laughs> I did it. I did it. We uh, we made fun of it in uh, in, in a previous episode, uh, Morbius, and kind of queried who who that film is even for. And as a Spider Man fan, <laughs> it, it should be for me, right? Should we just jump into it? Should I jump into my Morbius review, or should we leave the people should we leave the people hanging?
1: No, I think I think the people are screaming right now, they're begging to hear about what you felt about Morbius. Please
0: enlighten us. Okay. As you know, Chris, and we've mentioned before in the podcast, I'm um, a massive Spider-Man fan. Morbius comes, uh, he's one of Spider-Man's numerous kind of villains- uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say he was A list or B list. Maybe like C list. Uh, some interesting stuff in the comics, and uh, yeah. there's some interesting stuff in the animated show of the '90s as well. He's got some good stuff there. Um, but with Sony producing and uh, and Jared Leto starring, I did wonder who who are they making this this movie for? Because nobody knows who he is outside of the Spider Man fans, and Spider fans Spider Man fans like me, we don't care. But here they are trying to start their own. Spider-Man cinematic universe. So I took one for the team and I yeah uh, yeah no I watched Morbius the other night and it <laughs> is boring as hell and I I went in thinking like we've made fun of this before but you know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover like I will try to find something to enjoy out of this. Um yeah. there is an element to enjoy out of it. So opposite Jared Leto in the in the villain role Matt Smith and uh, that's that's Doctor Who. Um, or a previous doctor who uh he he plays the villain milo um who kind of gets the same powers as as jared leto's morbius throughout the film and um he really hams it up because he's uh, because he's allowed to let loose and be like truly evil with the powers he has a lot of fun and he's great we got to see him in uh, last night in soho last year and he also hammed up there so we know he's good at that sort of thing right He's a brilliant, brilliant actor. And honestly, I think he's my favourite Doctor Who. And I know it's blasphemous to to Doctor <laughs> Who fans because everybody loves David Tennant, but I think he just he's he just has those kind of weird alien features. Mm-hmm. And he is just very alien in his personality, I think. Very quirky. And I, I love him as as the Doctor. And I loved him here. And it just made me really sad that he wasn't in a better film. Because he deserves a better film, and do you know what, he deserves a good Marvel film, I think he should be he, a villain, a hero, I don't mind, he, he's good at it all but the biggest yeah, sure. crime the biggest crime that Morbius commits, it's just it's so dull it's so boring, it's so dull, like Jared Leto's not bad in it, like n- nobody's bad in it it's just so uninspired and I didn't care about any of the characters, uh, I just yeah, it commits that awful sin of a, of a comic book movie just being straight up boring nothing nothing is interesting nothing is new nothing is original very short
1: for us for um, a sort of superhero type movie as well isn't it? it's like 90 minutes long which is really short
0: yeah yeah they've definitely they've definitely trimmed the fat on uh, on this one but i'm glad because i was almost falling asleep and I've never fallen asleep to a film and I was very close to falling asleep in this film. So there you go. Uh, Should everybody go out and see Morbius? Absolutely not. If you're a Matt Smith fan, there's stuff to like, but maybe just catch his scenes on YouTube.
1: Yeah, it's been a bit of a double whammy with uh, with uh, Jared Leto. I mean, he first you had House of Gucci and that performance last year and now he's got uh, he's been saddled with this movie. So, yeah, he needs to he needs to turn it around soon and give us remind us why we like Jared Leto. Um Do we do, does anybody I know like Jared right? Leto that's a that big argument, isn't it? Like do we like Jared Leto? We keep being reminded or being told that we do? It's I'm a bit of sure. a weird
0: slightly problematic Actor.
1: Yeah cuz uh, even though I loved the the uh the legacy sequel of uh, Blade Runner 2049 he was still he was the weakest element of that movie too um yeah. so I don't know he needs to he needs to convince me still
0: yeah when he hams it up he hams it up too much and when he's he's trying he almost tries a little too hard um like the director which i believe is Daniel Espinosa um okay. mentioned that Jared Letter would literally stay in character uh as so Morbius has a he 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 has a, a a deficiency where like I don't know like his legs don't work very well and he's gonna die. Like his life expectancy is pretty low and stuff Sounds like, like, like that. He has to walk laughs. on crutches and that's why he like gets he merges bat bat DNA with himself to to
1: the obvious that. choice.
0: The obvious choice, and ultimately turns himself into a vampire, et cetera, et cetera. But when he was like the character in crutches and stuff like that, he would still use the crutches to like go to the loo in between takes and stuff like that. And it would <laughs> There's just no like need add, for that. It would just add so much time to shooting, and it they just like everything was so slow. You just think like, ah, oh, dude. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, not making *Raging just... or like or *American History X* here. You're making *Morbius*. <laughs> you don't need to go a go film method here. It's just Morbius, it's just Morbius, and uh, if you're a Marvel fan, there are after credit scenes uh they kind of tie into the spider man of the m c u um they make no sense, absolutely like no logical sense within the rules set by previous films, not really much sense here, and it's glaringly obvious that like nobody was in the same room at the, <laughs> at the same time. Jared Leto's definitely like acting against nothing, and he's just like yeah Hmm. oh boy Hmm. i really
1: feel for you i mean like i remember when i i've seen that i went to the cinema quite a lot this year and every pretty much the first half of the year every time i went to the cinema the morbius trailer came on and you just knew by looking at the trailer and that's bad. Like, like a superhero movie trailer can't even look exciting. It looked so like visually drab and flat, and it's just nothing. It it didn't look good, and it looked very dodgy CGI and all the special effects look really weird too. So, yeah, um, you took one for the team for sure. By the sounds of it, I might catch up with it one day, but I still haven't caught up with the Venom movies, so I don't think it's going to be
0: anytime soon. Honestly, none of them are worth uh, catching up with. None of them are <laughs> worth it. Uh, but there you go. So, Chris, go on. Let me know. What have you been watching?
1: Well, um, I went to see... So I managed to go see a screening of Alex Garland's uh, new horror fantasy drama film, Men, uh, which is produced by production company A24, which has produced many prestige horror films in the last 10 years. You know, we we would say Alex Garland, of course, is quite a celebrated writer-director. His last two films, uh, Ex Machina and Annihilation, were both very impressive and, and thought provoking and he and he likes to put a lot of thought behind his movies um man's no exception it's it's a very interesting film it's it's not for everyone we had about three different people walk out during the film um which is yeah because it, it is very heavy on the body horror okay I won't, I won't spoil it out of context but the third act really does feature some of the most toe curling Body horror, which is really like evocative of David Cronenberg's movies and even say like John Carpenter's the thing. It's
0: very like Okay, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that from men. From the trailer, I was looking at more of a psychological thing, but to hear it has body or horror does pique my interest. It the what you've seen in the trailer is certainly like the t- the first two thirds of the movie,
1: and then the third like the third act just really goes for it. Um yeah, it, it, it keeps a lot uh, behind the curtain until you see it, so I won't spoil anything crazy here. Um, Essentially, the story follows a woman by the name of Harper, who goes on a solo holiday to the English countryside uh, to escape the aftermath of her ex-husband's recent death. Uh, we get numerous seg- segmented flashbacks during the film that shows us the events of the day her husband fell from a balcony in their high-rise flat in London. Um, so whether this is a suicide or not is speculation we, we, that comes together, pieced by segmented flashbacks. Um, what begins as a sort of like a promise of an idyllic escape quickly turns into the sinister, surreal and maddening strain of events that involves all the men in the village and their attitude towards Harper. It's um it's worth noting that every man who resides in this village whether it be the landlord the policeman even the schoolboy are all played by Rory Kinnear um which is probably the most unsettling part of the film Harper of course is played by the always incred- incredible Jesse Buckley who is just the most incredible actor Ever since her role in Wild Rose in 2019, she has just continued to impress with her like unshakable screen presence. And quite frankly, I'd watch her in anything, and this film was uh, no exception.
0: Yeah, she's she's really kind of shone brightly recently. Uh, recent Oscar nomination this year, and I, I think it's going to be one of many, I think. Uh, she's, she's definitely got a bright career ahead of her. Yeah, all the big directors want
1: to work with her at the minute. And hey, you still haven't caught up with Wild Rose, have you? i have not i have not definitely check it out man i mean it's a it's a award-winning performance in in, and of itself um now this i'm not really going to get into the nitty-gritty like i said of what i think the film means because the events of the movie of men are is very straightforward and it's easy to follow the movie in, in the A to B of what happens. Alex Garland has a really has really sewn in little notions of thoughts and ideas surrounding masculinity, guilt, even English paganism is thrown in there. And there is ambiguity woven throughout men. And some of that may have substance. And some of the ideas may just be misdirection. It's really hard. It's very it's very vague on those little details. And yeah. um, it's it's up for you to really decide. But if you're a fan of horror films that A24 have produced over the last like several years and really like horror movies that aren't just peeking around the corner and something jumping out at you and instead like something a bit more thoughtful, disturbing, viscerally creepy, then please check out Man. It's really worth your time.
0: Yeah, interesting, interesting. I I think it was always on my uh, kind of watch list but the reviews that came out were very mixed. Surprisingly, kind of, it, yeah, yeah, surprisingly mixed. Um, because Alex Garland has obviously made, um, you know, a couple of really good f- films recently with Ex Machina and um, um, Annihilation. Yeah, Annihilation. That's it. Um, two which are which are really really good. Um, and a lot of critics saying he might have dropped the ball on this one. What's your kind of take on that? I think it's in that same sort of wheelhouse as like big
1: movies that really swing for it like like mother like that like we got from darren aronofsky where it's really doing something really big and gesturous and it's up to really you if that's your thing or not it's either going to be or not so i think i think it's worth checking out anyway because you might really go for it i really fell fell for the mood of it of the whole thing and i think jesse buckley is worth the price of admission by herself she just really carries it really well
0: nice one chris what else what else have you been watching
1: well, so um, the previous, not uh, last Friday, the Friday before um, the newest film from Adam Sandler came out on Netflix, um, which is called Hustle and is directed by Jeremiah Zagar and is especially about a basketball sports comedy drama centering on S- Sandler's character, Sa- uh, Stanley Sugarman, who is a basketball scout who discovers a phenomenal street ball player while while he is touring around Spain and really sees the potential in this young man and really wants to get him into the NBA, Stanley has a really strong relationship with the basketball team's club owner. He's played by Robert Duvall. Yeah, he's still acting, um, yeah, still acting very well. Who um, sadly passes away though in this movie at the beginning of this movie, um, leaving the team in the hands of his son who's played by Ben Foster who isn't so fond of Stanley and becomes a real obstacle firstly you know when ben foster shows his face that he's going to be the, he's not going to be the good guy right <laughs> but that's just because he's just so good at being sly and you really do hate him as a character he does that a lot i mean like movies like 310 to yuma he played a really good villain in that and he's he's sort of typecasted in that role but um he does such a good job of it it doesn't really mind um so good work there um i i thought the film alex was a really nice and entertaining watch you you come in at it actually dead on two hours long and it really didn't feel that way actually in fact i was quite taken aback when the movie suddenly stops so it, it's it's very entertaining. Uh, it does all the things you've seen before and follows the typical roadmap of like a sports comedy. Guy finds Diamond in the rough player. The player plays well in front of him and then when he actually has to play well in front of the people he needs to play well against, he chokes. Uh, then we get a personal obstacle. Then we get a training montage and then we get a truth reveal that ruins everything before finally making up and coming back for the big game that saves the day. So we've all been familiar with these sort of underdog-style sports movies before. Uh, It's not reinventing the wheel, but what it does do is all those things really, really well. Sandler gives a very likable, dynamic performance that is never too showy. The film is shot really well, especially the basketball court sequences that really ramp up the tension, and the movie manages just to hit all the beats it needs to
0: nice nice he's learned a lot from his uh his time on uncut gems maybe he's still sporting the beard as well brilliant brilliant (laughs) though it wasn't his last film his last film was hubie halloween
1: (laughs) that that is correct And, and this film is it's worth mentioning as well it's also a happy madison um production as well so it's like he's hybriding the old sander ways um with the uncut gems ways and meeting somewhere safe in the middle.
0: Um, so still still relatively funny then.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a drama first, but it has little like sprinkles of humor throughout. It's it's a it's a lighthearted sort of movie. The film boasts uh, many big players um personalities from basketball who play themselves in the movie, which unfortunately went over my head because I don't know about you, I don't follow basketball, but I'm sure there are many people who will really get a, a kick out of that. Yeah, really solid, entertaining film, and anyone listening can currently catch "Hustle" while it is streaming on Netflix.
0: Nice, nice. Well, talking of actors who are who are larger than life, bigger than the characters they play. Okay, uh, go for it. I I caught up with the unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> I know you've seen it recently, and you, yes. you spoke briefly about it on a on a previous podcast. I just wanted to add my two cents to the film. Um, Love to hear what you think about it. Very much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed Nicholas Cage, as always. And really, really loved him with Pedro Pascal and their kind of relationship in the film. I could have just watched those two guys just, <laughs> you know, nerding out about films and and, and getting accidentally high together and, and all that kind of stuff. Cutest I cutest couple, I, aren't they? <laughs> I, 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 I could really watch all of that. Um, the The only bit that kind of like maybe... Cast a Shadow on the Film was like the story itself just kind of didn't didn't work for me the the kind of espionage in Mallorca of all places uh, <laughs> yeah. it was just yeah it was it was there to kind of push the story along um but it didn't I, I mean I guess there's a few moments like when Nicolas Cage has to um go into a disguise at the end and stuff like that, which, which kind of brings out some comedy. But for me, I didn't care for the story. I just wanted to see Nicholas Cage and Pedro Pascal together. And the joy of the film is watching Nicholas Cage have so much fun playing himself, uh, a heightened version of himself. Yeah. Um, but he, he was, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a great film. Actually, no, it was a good film. It was a good film, but it didn't reach the heights of, of, of like something amazing,
1: I I think the thing about the film is that the whole movie is just the one joke, and they make the most of that one joke. And I I think they're wise to not make it too long because that would that one joke will wear a bit thin after a while. But yeah. um, yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. I I think the villain was a bit weak. Maybe that's something.
0: Yes, yes, I I forgot there was even a main villain <laughs> to yeah. be honest well, with you. I like
1: the whole movie i don't know if the movie wants you to kind of know at the start but it's like so obvious at the beginning like the bad guy who's is it pedro pascal's like cousin or something yeah yeah it's like he's like in the background of the movie and the audience are still to believe that pedro pascal is the villain but like you can just tell by looking at the guy in the background from the first scene that he's the the actual bad guy so um when the movie like does the big reveal
0: it's like yeah, I kind of knew that half an hour ago anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, Pedro Pascal plays it with this kind of like, oh, I'm very innocent, so could there be something lurking deeper that I'm hiding? Which he does well, but yeah, uh, th- I think the film does kind of reveal its cards pretty early on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, glad you liked it. I-, I agree with you, it's a solid movie. Well, thanks for sharing that, Alex. Um, We can talk about a movie I've seen... Um, which is an interesting sci-fi film that's called *Jewel*, um, which stars Karen Gillan and Aaron Paul and is directed and written by Riley Stearns, who made uh, a film two years ago called The Art of Self-Defense, which is a film I really enjoyed. Um, As a filmmaker, he has really solidified his style. I feel he creates these very surreal depictions of the world where everybody speaks in a very unemotional way, almost like a robotic tone. In fact, everybody speaks like very mechanically and openly externalizes their internal feelings. So it's not for everyone, to say the least. I find it very interesting in the art of self-defense. I'm not sure it works quite as well here. Um, so Karen Gillen's character, he's called Sarah, has been diagnosed with a terminal illness and is given only months to live. And she has offered a package that you can opt for, which is available to any terminally ill patients that gives you the choice to have yourself cloned before you die. The clone of yourself is to shadow you over your last couple of months, learn about you and your life, and then replace you when you die so that your loved ones don't have to live with the grief, Um, as as it's advertised. But wow. this big, be- yeah, it's, it's a strange, interesting concept, but begins to sour the whole thing when... Sarah, after a couple of months, is still living and breathing and finds out that her diagnosis was actually wrong and that she's going to live. Um, Yeah, But the government has this rule in place that will not allow a clone and the original person to both be alive because it will disrupt the natural flow of things. So there's a court-ordered scheduled duel to the death that they both have to go after to face wow. in half a year's
0: time um, i have never heard of this well actually do you know what? i think i saw a poster but i had no idea what this film was that plot line alone has me sold do not spoil this film chris i no, i want I, to watch this this is this what the hell is going on this is this is a bizarre sci-fi plot i'm i'm, I'm really intrigued
1: it is very intriguing and the premise is great and it's a very interesting concept. It has the potential to be quite thoughtful and provocative, but to be honest, I thought the presentation of it with the very literal dialogue and how people speak together, married with how unemotional and cold this movie is, it it just, looked, it just began to wear thin with me. It, it has black comedy elements that I feel are just misjudged here. Okay. Far too detached emotionally from what's going on. It, it's just not, It's it's just not me because the same approach was made with his last film, and I really liked that one. But here, the film became plodding, and rather than being funny, it was isolating, and visually, it was just very drab. Like, it wasn't all bad. I do feel that Karen Gillan gives a very committed performance. That there were very interesting ideas peppered throughout. It's just a shame the whole package didn't come together for me. But, I, you know i know a lot of people really did like the film there is some a lot of positive reviews out there so um i'd be really interested to see what you think about it too and we can have a bit of a discussion about that but yeah it, it was middle of the road
0: for me yeah i think the the premise alone is is really interesting and i, I love sci fi's like that where there's it's almost like there's one element in the world that's changed but it changes so much like that one element Mm-hmm. And I like films that kind of play on that, and how and how that kind of affects everything. Um, but then to hear that it's a comedy, yeah, the premise doesn't sound like a like a funny film. Um,
1: well, it's it's a black comedy in the fact that it's uncomfortable humor. Don't gotcha. you? You're dealing with taboo subjects and people speaking in ways that aren't familiar to us, and saying yeah. that you know you're vocalizing things that are in your mind that you would probably keep in your mind. So that
0: that's where the uncomfortability comes into it. Gotcha. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I know obviously you are kind of mixed on this one, but yeah, you're, you're right. I think it's, it's worth checking out anyway, just for, um, an intriguing premise alone. Mm. But yeah, even though it's a little bit of a somber note, I'm
1: going to finish up on a really light note here. I am, I'm a big fan of this TV show. I was really excited when the Bob's Burgers movie
0: was announced. I don't know. Have you ever seen uh, Bob's Burgers before? I have seen Bob's Burgers. Uh, I, I I'm a fan. Uh, I haven't seen all of them, uh, but my fiance is a, a really big fan of the series and and has watched. I think pretty much all of them. So uh, I know I know she wants to go see this at some point.
1: Oh wow! I I had no idea. We've just been like we've known each other for so long, and we didn't know that we we watched Bob's Burgers. But here we are. Um, I'm a huge fan of Bob's Burgers, which for anyone who doesn't know is is this animated TV show which centers around a family called the Belchers who own a burger restaurant. Uh, you got Bob, Linda, Tina, Jean, and Louise. They're a really quirky but sweet family unit who are very working class and try to keep their restaurant running while chaos and other outside influences threaten them. And the movie has the same sort of plot and production value as something like The Simpsons movie. It has that very much that look to it. So the same sort of studio polish. You know, it looks exactly like the TV show, but this time, you have enough budget for shadows. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, the, it's kind of it weird.
0: Was. I remember watching the trailer thinking, someone... It looks like Bob's Burgers, but there is something weird about it. But they had they had enough time to put shadows in there, yeah. Um, the plot
1: for this movie just focuses really on the Belchers trying to save the restaurant from closing down um, as a sinkhole forms in front of it. At the same time, the Belcher kids try to solve a mystery that could save their family's restaurant. So it's it's got a very typical sort of like it's an episodic sort of plot. It's just it's basically um, one giant episode, which is really all it really needs to be. I mean. If you haven't watched it, I would actually really recommend the show as a good, uh, well actually I would recommend you watch the movie first as a good introduction to Bob's Burgers because what this is, it's essentially, like I said, a feature length episode that retreads um, things that happened earlier on in the first couple of series, so character arcs are revisited um what i really like about it is how just how breezy the film is it's so easy on the eye vibrant bursting with lots of uh, likable characters who are all on different planets from each other really but for some reason seem to really gel well and get on and it's really nice and refreshing um to like have an animated show that isn't centered around horrible people you know like so many adult comedies yes. are like about horrible people you got family guy you know american dad um Rick even Rick and Morty like you can't say any of these people are good people but what you can't say about the belchers is that they're very nice people and you like seeing funny situations with nice people and uh, it's a bit refreshing I was chuckling all the way through great little easter eggs in the background some really fun and catchy musical numbers and just a really relaxing cinema going experience um I didn't know I needed a Bob's Burgers
0: movie but I did all right guys for the for the last kind of part of this show um we're actually gonna tease the next episode uh so last uh well actually it wasn't last time it was uh, a few episodes ago we, we we decided to start a segment called the films that streaming forgot and we <laughs> challenged each other to a, a film in the depths of kind of like the streaming services um this uh on our first episode we both found films on amazon prime uh I found a film called Derailed for Chris to watch and Chris challenged me to watch maybe the worst film <laughs> ever made, Atlantis <laughs> Untold. There's so, a kiss to be made there. Yeah. We've gone searching again and uh and, and we've we found another two films for, for each other to watch and next episode we will tw- discuss them, review them, and kind of see whether they are actually worth watching. Or whether they should be forgotten on the streaming services, like they pretty much already are. <laughs> um, Chris, where did you where did you find your film this time? Uh, what streaming service am I going to have to go to this weekend? Right. So um, you're
1: you're going to the treasure trove that is um, Amazon Prime Video. So this is a free Prime um, to stream. We've discussed this before, but Prime is just, like I said, a treasure trove of Absolute monstrosities (laughs) that you can find and um, it's quite fun just to even like go through the sea it's it's a shame that prime has just such a terrible navigation system for finding these sort of movies but um there they are to be
0: there's loads to be found anyway so that's where i got yours nice uh same here there's some like you said, there's a lot of rubbish on Prime, but there's also a lot of these like little gems which you just didn't even know you wanted to watch. Mm. Um, and that's why you kind of have to, like, trawl through it sometimes. Um, but I think last time I revealed my film first to you, Chris, so I think this time maybe you should reveal to me what I'm going to be watching this weekend and reviewing next episode. Right, you lucky boy. So for you, Alex, I
1: have a really, just a nice light-hearted treat. Just relaxing home viewing here. Nice Sunday afternoon film you can watch with the dog, and keep the dog in mind. Only eighty-five minutes long, so that's something. That's a, that's a vast improvement from last time, from like last time's two-hour movie that I gave you, um, because I know I wasn't exactly fair to you last time. So you actually, were. the word cruel might be more accurate when I said last, when referring to last time's film. But the movie I picked for you, Alex, is called A Dog and Pony Show. Okay. Okay. Okay, so the synopsis, according to IMDb, goes like this. When a fussy performing dog is left behind a tr- by a travelling carnival and adopted by a lonely farm boy, bumbling thieves from a rival circus plot to kidnap the priceless pooch. Now, they're actually, before you, you know, before you sigh and, you know, deflate here, there is actually some pedigree in here that you'll be glad to know. Oh, oh, oh. there is uh, no pun intended. Um, the, the voicing, the main dog DD in this is the voice of Mae Whitman. He famously voiced Katara in the, in the Nickelodeon show, avatar, the last airbender, oh. as well as being in like many live action movies, like perks of being a Wallflower, the duff and many more. And we've also got Academy award winning actress, Mira Sorvino playing one of the human characters. So, you know, like I said, there's there's some
0: talent here. Okay, okay, eighty five minutes, a dog thing. I
1: watched the trailer, and there is um there is a twerking pig.
0: A twerking pig, interesting, interesting. <coughs> Ralph Macchio's in it. I see. Okay,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Wow. Okay, okay. Uh, it's it's got a lot of one star ratings on Letterboxd. Oh dear. And uh, yeah okay okay uh shall i watch the trailer
1: yeah sure go for it
0: meet the greatest duo of all time and Dee Dee. we're partners didi Dee Dee. that's what i like to hear i mean the most talented dog i've ever seen in my life get me that dog but the show's top dog help stay dog didi's Dee gone is about to hit an all-time low when P.T. realizes I'm gone, he'll send a search party. Goodie, goodie. Keep your nose out of my business! <laughs> she got away. Who is this? I am a star. Maybe we can keep her until we find her owner. Seriously? <laughs> Featuring the voice of Mae Whitman as Dee Dee, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Muldoon, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. So, this is what being a real dog feels like. Hubba hubba! A dog and pony show. Hubba hubba! Hey, she stole my That
1: so yeah. looks like at least like you can watch that. Like you can coherently watch that movie.
0: Yeah, I just witnessed a a pig twerking. So there you go. Yeah. It's interesting. Looks interesting. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look as painful to watch as as Atlantis Untold was, but it does still look relatively painful. But do you know what? 85 minutes, I think I, I can survive. Um, Chris, turns out there's a bit of a theme for next week's episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I have found for you on Amazon Prime uh, a film about a dog as well. Uh, But this film is taking it back to 1997. This film is called My Ghost Dog. My Ghost Dog? Yes. So, the tagline is, a bark from beyond. And then, on Letterboxd, the synopsis reads, Dog's ghost returns to help boy win a custody battle, fight bullies, and find his loving but shy stepdad a nice girlfriend. So this is like this is like the plot of Jack Frost, but with like a ghost dog. Yep. And do you know what I, I watched a little bit of it just to like to see what I was getting you into and, and the, the stream looks like it's been like just scanned off of a VHS tape. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's fun to be had. It looks pretty sweet. Um, I think yeah, we've definitely got a very dog themed episode coming up next week. um, when we think about each other, it's like I you know,
1: I before I even picked this movie, I was like, I'm gonna pick a dog movie for Alex because he used to always show me like trailers of like of washed up actors voicing dogs in movies and he used to really like
0: it. So I, I thought this would be a perfect movie for you. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think maybe maybe we've 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 gone down a more heartwarming route uh this this kind of episode and maybe that's just the times we're in who knows you wanted to be a bit kinder to me i wanted it to be a little bit worse to you but not too kind and i thought maybe switch up from the b movie horror and, and, and go down a different route um do you know what? i think like if you chose this film for me i wouldn't be mad so i think you should give the trailer a watch i will say though it does have an alternate title. Um, So some places it's called My Ghost Dog and and other places it's called My Magic Dog. So, Chris, go watch the trailer on YouTube, but you're going to have to type in My Magic Dog. Okay? My Magic Dog trailer. Okay. Toby is a little boy. Hello, darling. Caught in the middle of a
1: big, cruel world.
0: My nephew stands to inherit my father's enormous fortune. Not if I can help it. And his lucky guardian angel. (laughs) is one of the few friends he can truly count on.
1: Good morning, Dad. Morning. Look. Lucky's back. He's what? He's a ghost dog. Why are you walking around here talking to your dead dog? If you're gonna talk to something dead, at least talk to Abraham Lincoln.
0: Are you two interested in making some money?
1: Now the mystery of a missing will Ah. must be solved to save Toby's future. And some heavenly help could be the only way to save the day.
0: Who's out there? The Curse of Lucky.
1: (laughs) Yes! My Magic Dog. That, I mean, that was something else. I mean, that, it looks like it has a start, beginning, you know, has a beginning, middle, and end. So that's something there. Um, yeah, it's a, they always use gold retrievers for these movies, right? <laughs> well, they're, they're the best breeds. Oh yeah. Oh sorry, you have a gold retriever. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, no. It, it looks. It looks like it's definitely watchable anyway. And at least the dog isn't talking, which is more than I can say about your
0: movie. Oh. I've seen. A, I've seen a bit of the film. Let's just say the dog might talk. <laughs> So they keep a couple of cards up their sleeves that's that's something anyway (laughs) they didn't reveal everything on the trailer chris
1: oh it just it looks so dull and grey too. it looks like it's just shot on like on your on your home vid it looks like a home movie uh at least at least it's only an hour and a half so i'll I'll put up with it i'll put up with it i'll report back to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah sounds good i'm looking forward to uh to discussing these films with you next week so yeah that those are our films a dog and pony show from 2018 i'm going to have to watch and review and get back to you with that one chris and and you're going to be watching my ghost dog from 1997 both again on amazon prime the treasure trove of weird streaming films um so yeah next week guys another episode of the films that streaming forgot i'm looking forward to uh looking forward to chatting to you about these films chris yeah you see, I'm, I'm,
1: I am I'm. think we're getting the premise all wrong here. We're supposed to be finding movies that shouldn't be forgotten. I don't if, we're just finding things that are don't only need to be forgotten, but need to be incinerated.
0: <laughs> well, that's why we're watching them to find out. You oh, don't yeah. know. You right. don't know. You don't know, man.
1: It's not looking promising.
0: Looking forward to talking about it. So, I guess I'll see you next week then, Chris. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please uh you know share us with your friends rate us on spotify uh leave a review on apple it all helps and uh come follow us on instagram but uh yeah thank you for listening everyone and we'll see you next week this is the film angle and i'm alex and i'm chris goodbye bark bark